Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 340th episode of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting in this eighth year across the world from the Crypto Invest Summit at the Los Angeles Convention Center. It is humming in here. We have started last night with a fantastic party at the Grammy Awards Museum at LA Live, where the who's who of crypto and ICO technology companies, along with service providers and investors, celebrated the world's biggest crypto event. It was fantastic, and again proved that Los Angeles is certainly a place where technology meets entertainment. It was an amazing day today. Um, presentations every half hour on the main stage from nine o'clock this morning. There's still a couple going on right now. And then on the second stage, which is a smaller room that only holds about 300, there have been pitches by various people in the crypto industry and the blockchain industry. There's 32 pitches today and they're still going on. I think there's three or four left. And it's been a phenomenal day about all things blockchain and crypto. And my guest after our first break is Joshua DeWitt. He's the co-founder and CEO of CoinLion. And the CoinLion platform simplifies and enhances the user experience when managing your digital assets. So that's a great interview in conjunction with this incredible crypto summit. Just to give you an idea how big crypto is, there are over 4,500 attendees and 164 speakers at this incredible event. And uh, this afternoon, one of the um, people presenting asked how many people in the room owned crypto. And then he changed it to how many people didn't own crypto. And out of, you know, 4,500 people, there's only two people that didn't have crypto. So it's really booming. And kicking it off this morning was uh, Tim Draper and his son, Adam. And uh, Tim I've had on the show several times and and know quite well. And uh, their presentation was fantastic. It was about what they look for in investing. And Tim's one of the biggest investors on the planet. And, uh, you know, he invested in Skype and Tesla and a whole bunch of others. But um, he's also a very heavy investor in cryptocurrency. And they're talking about what it is that um, they're looking for. And three things mainly, they back projects that do social good. And they really back the enthusiasm of the entrepreneur. You know, they want an idea that solves a major problem, a social problem but they want promoters that really are enthusiastic and really believe in their project. And uh, 
you know, when you look at Tim's history, he he predicts that within five years, cryptocurrency will be the main way people pay bills, and that fiat, which is our current government payment system, with like American dollars, um, will be dying out. And it's interesting when you look at the number of people who actually use cash. I saw this yesterday. It's totally different. But the, the number of people that actually use cash for transactions now down somewhere around 10%. So 90% of people don't use cash already. And, uh, you know, it'll be cryptocurrency on your phone. That'll be the main way that people go about making payments. You know, I mentioned that Tim made smart investments in Tesla and Skype, but he also invested big into Bitcoin when it was about $6, and it's now at 9000 And uh, he's publicly invested in two cryptocurrency platforms recently, Nucleus Vision and VeChain. And they both look like fantastic projects. So um, when I get off air, I'm going to have a look at those two, Nucleus Vision and V-Chain, V-E-Chain, because they both look good. And Draper is predicting that Bitcoin will surge from its current price of 9000 odd to 250000 per coin within four years. Now, that's, that's a huge increase. And uh, so it's well worth having a look at and considering and thinking about putting some dollars in it. But the um, standout presentation for me today um, was Oscar Garcia, and he's the CEO of a company called Ulala, which is U-U-L-A-L-A, Ulala, and uh, he's a fantastic presenter, but he's also got a brilliant idea, um, which revolves around microloans to Latinos, of which there's you know something like two billion of them. Um, made through the blockchain platform and firstly he's a fantastic um, presenter but his his presentation itself was brilliant and uh, as I was walking across the across the room to say hello to him tonight I thought I'm going to invest in this so if you're listening and you're looking for something to have a look at to decide whether you want to invest I'd have a look at ooh la la U-U-L-A-L-A, because it certainly does social goodness, certainly fulfills a social need, and it is got a massive market, very little competition, and it's a bloody good idea. I'd also have a look at the two that um, Tim's invested in, Nucleus Vision and V-Chain, V-E-C-H-A-I-N. We're on to going into all of those. Now, I know a lot of people... You know, today it was like preaching to the converted because of the 4,500 people, 4,400 of them had investments in crypto. But there's still a lot of people out there that are, that are skeptics. But the fact that 164 of the smartest crypto entrepreneurs on the planet, from Asia, from Europe, from everywhere, and 4,500 crypto investors are here today at this summit is testament to the fact, in my mind, that crypto and ICOs are only absolutely in their infancy. You know, we're in the first yard of a first meter of a hundred meter sprint. So we're right at the early stages. So 
No, it's certainly not too late to get into crypto. It is only just the beginning. And if you're thinking about getting into it, there's no time like the present. Also, you run into the odd person, and I think they're very odd, but the odd person who still think that cryptocurrency is a scam. Well, have a listen to Chris, what Christine Lagarde, and for those of you who don't know Christine Lagarde, she's the head of the International Monetary Fund, which is the IMF, who govern world money, said about cryptocurrency. Ms. Lagarde said that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin could enable fast and inexpensive transactions, while the underlying blockchain technology could make financial markets much safer. She went on to say that just as few technologies have emerged from the dot-com era and those have transformed our lives, the crypto assets that survive could have a significant impact on how we save, invest and pay our bills. And she's the head of the International Monetary Fund. So if you think it's a scam and you want a bit more proof, ICBC, which is the largest bank in the world in terms of assets, has lodged a patent to use blockchain to verify digital certificates as well as creating a shareable platform for data storage. The ICBC technology will improve its certificate issuer system and save time for customers as they would no longer be required to fill in the same information over and over again. And different entities would all have access to the data on the blockchain platform. So the biggest bank in the world getting into blockchain. NASDAQ, one of the couple biggest stock exchanges in the world, NASDAQ CEO Adina Friedman, says that once the cryptocurrency space matures, NASDAQ will consider becoming a crypto exchange. Now, a key roadblock for NASDAQ and other international in institutional investors is regulation, which Friedman says needs to be ironed out before the company would add an exchange. But she was very bullish on the future of digital assets. In the meantime, the NASDAQ is supporting existing crypto exchanges through collaborations with crypto exchange Gemini. The deal gives Gemini access to NASDAQ surveillance technology to help make sure the platform provides a fair and rules-based marketplace. So like I said, crypto is only just begun. So if you haven't yet allocated a portion of your investments into crypto, don't wait, you should do it now. The other thing that um, was discussed in various panels today was the um, whether or not the SEC and government should stick their nose in or keep their nose out of cryptocurrencies and ICOs. And it was pretty evenly split, I think. Um, you know, to some degree, the government sticking their nose into everything we do inflates costs, costs, gives them too much control, takes control away from the people, and after all, it's all about the people. On the other side, um, if it's if there's some regulations, then perhaps the people who are scammers won't get away with it, but maybe, maybe it's time for the people to make their own decisions as to whether 
they want to buy something or not. And the other the other area that came in for discussion was um, this business of accredited investors. For those of you who are out there trying to raise money, traditionally, and there's a rule that says that anybody who invests any reasonable sort of money must be an accredited investment investor. That means they've got to have a million dollars in assets, etc., etc., etc. So that means only the big guys can get to invest, and it squeezes the little guy out. Now the little guy's the guy who needs to make money, and uh, just the regulation on accredited investors alone cut out the little guy. Now blockchain technology was um, was designed so that everybody gets a fair shake. Everybody's equal. Doesn't matter whether you're really rich or really poor, you can invest. So um, there was a lot of talk about the um, regulations, first of all, not being regulations, and secondly, um, reducing the rules about accredited investors. So that was all very interesting. The um, Another big day tomorrow. There are, um, every, again, every half hour from, I'm just having a look at the, the program, from 8.55 until 5.30. Every half hour there's a, a presentation by a major player in crypto or blockchain. It is unbelievable. 169 of the smartest people in crypto in the world coming in from everywhere to talk to four and a half thousand people who just absolutely lapped it up. Really brilliant. Um, now, do you get my 30-second read daily business newsletter? We've now got about 1.7 million daily subscribers. I had a chat to um, Tim Draper today for a bit, and uh, he gets it. And he reads it, and he's one of the biggest VCs in the world. So if it's good enough for Tim, it's good enough for you. It's a, it's a, it's a great read. It takes just 30 seconds. Sometimes it might take 60, but it's a very short read. And every day we tackle a different subject. We talk about advanced advances in medicine. We talk about new apps. We talk new technology. We talk about things like Hyperloop and autonomous cars and blockchain and give you all the latest up-to-date information. And we also give you tips. And, uh, you know, I want to make it clear that I'm not a, um, a tipper and I'm not a um, financial advisor, but I often urge you to look at things. And some time ago, I urged you to look at CRISPR. And I think at the time I said, look at CRISPR, it was about $15. And now it's about $50. Um, I urged you years ago to look at Ethereum and Bitcoin when it was dollar or dollars, and now it's $9,000. Um, so you get a lot of tips. And I'm giving you another one today. Ooh la la, U-U-L-A, L-A. I've got no interest in the company apart from the shares I'm going to buy tomorrow or the tokens I'm going to buy tomorrow. So um, I just think it is a fantastic um, investment. It's the right place, right time. It's terrific. And my guest today is Joshua DeWitt. He's on right after this next break. And he was involved early in cryptocurrency. And he's now the co-founder 
and CEO of Coin Lion, which is a terrific platform to simplify and enhance the user experience when you're managing your digital assets. And I'll be back with Joshua after this short break on the Bob Pritchard radio show being broadcast across the world this week from Crypto Invest Summit, along with four and a half thousand other crypto people at the Los Angeles Convention Center in downtown LA. I'll be back after this short break. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Now, over the past six years, we've given you the insights into the lives of somewhere around 350 of the world's most interesting business people, entrepreneurs that have made a success of what they've done, and the idea behind this segment is to try and find out what it is that makes them tick. You know, 95% of all businesses fail. So the 5% that succeed have got something happening for them that the rest of us don't have. So it's extremely difficult to cr create a successful business. And that's why I'm constantly advising you to surround yourself with mentors and uh, to mix with people that are successful. Go out and, you know, watch those documentaries and read those books from people who have done it. Now, we've been talking about cryptocurrency every week now for, I don't know, years. I think about four years ago, I was talking to you about buying Bitcoin at that time. And, of course, most of us didn't. So today, we've got a real expert on the subject, not of Bitcoin, but of cryptocurrency. Joshua DeWitt has a Master's of Security Analysis Portfolio Management, that's hard to say, from Croton University. Yeah. <laughs> he worked collectively on a team managing over $300 million at Merrill Lynch. He has eight years of experience in the finance industry with a history of trading various instruments, including debts and equities and derivatives, FX and more. And he has extensive expertise in portfolio construction and analysis. He was also involved very early in cryptocurrency. He's now the co-founder and CEO of CoinLion. And the CoinLion platform aims to simplify and enhance the user experience when managing digital assets. CoinLion's building an environment where users are empowered to create and share portfolios, strategies, research, and more. 
Joshua, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You're being heard all around the world. Uh, thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. It's great. Uh, I love everything you said so far. I didn't know that you were uh, talking about cryptocurrency for the last four years. It's very uh, interesting. Yeah, well, most of us, we've got a portfolio of about, I don't know, 12 products. And uh, the last couple of weeks haven't been um, haven't been the best to recall, have they? <laughs> it took quite yeah. a crunch. <laughs> yeah, it has. But um, I think... Still bullish long term, so... Yeah, that's right. I, we keep telling people that... Um, you know, there's a there's an awful lot of crypto, cryptocurrencies out there. There's around 1,500 or 1,600 now, I believe. And, uh, you know, you need to make your choices carefully and uh, yeah. differentiate between the platforms that could actually make a big difference and people who are just simply trying to raise money. Yeah, exactly. I think that's right on. So you left your previous uh, profession yeah, to focus full-time on CoinLion. So what made you um, wake up one morning and say, gee, I think the future is going to be in cryptocurrency. I'll, I'll get into CoinLion. What, what, what sort of yeah. drove that decision? Yeah, no, it was kind of a work in process, you know, over a, a few years, really, I guess. And um, I had I'd really been focused on traditional finance and, you know, really in the equities markets and building portfolios. Um, at Merrill Lynch, but then also I was mining cryptocurrency, you know, uh, more Ethereum kind of when Ethereum was first getting some, some bigger traction. Yeah. Um, so I've been mining Ethereum. Um, and then I was also trading cryptocurrency, um, you know, at night and, and, uh, my free time. And I think that obviously, you know, you know, cryptocurrency never stops trading. That so right. at, at the equity markets close here for us around three thirty, And so then it would be, you know, uh, going and focus on kind of trading some different cryptocurrencies. And um, I just really, being in the finance finance industry, um, you do a lot of transactions. And so I, I had worked as a banker um, early on in my career as a banker and then as a brokerage associate and then kind of working up uh, after getting my master's and things. But as a banker and, and even as a, you know, someone who just is dealing with equities and doing a lot of transactions, you know, transactions is really what the core of this is all about. Yep. And when you're doing you know, thousands of transactions over your lifetime and a lot of these transactions take time, they take, you know, three day settlement for equities, um, you know, bank accounts, ACHs are three plus days and it takes time and people wait and call and these sort of things. Um, and it never moves very fast. And then from go then starting to trade cryptocurrency with instant settlement and then instantaneous transactions, um, nearly near instantaneous, depending on what currency you're using, really opened my mind up to like, I just think a lot of people don't do those types of transactions all the time. When you're doing transactions all the time, it really just made me think, holy, holy buckets, you know, this is going to change everything. The way that we do transactions and it, it can be instant, you know, why do we have to wait? So sure. that was what I love about it. So then I just dove in and I said, the way that we're managing these assets right now is not efficient. Um, the markets aren't efficient in general, but that's, I think it's moving in that direction, but just the way that we manage it, there's no tools that I was used to using. There's no tools to implement any sort of disciplined or controlled, uh, investment processes. And so that's what I wanted to bring to cryptocurrency is, um, a way to, you know, like you talked about just a little bit ago, you said that, um, you know, you gotta be careful what coins you're putting, you know, what money you're putting your coin, uh, 
what what uh, coins you're putting your money into, excuse me, and then. Um, you know, you can, if you, if you go into the wrong point, you can pretty much lose everything. And that's why I agree with what you said. There needs to be disciplined sort of processes around that. And that's, you know, whether you want to have a lower risk cryptocurrency portfolio, if that's even possible or not yet, but uh, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So you have your low risk, high risk, that sort of thing. So we're kind of trying to bring all that to cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's I why think, I left. Cause that's just a game changer. I, I think, um, I, I'd sort of work on the philosophy that, um, Platforms are much more likely to succeed than um, individual cryptos that are being generated to raise funds or whatever. So I think it, if you stick to platforms, and it doesn't matter whether it's a Ripple or whether it's a Funfair, or, but those platforms that are specifically built for a purpose, yeah. you're probably reasonably safe. Yeah. I would say, you know, depending on the purpose and the use case yeah. of and the platform, you know, it, it, or the protocol, you know, I think protocol yeah. is a big word being thrown around there right now as far as the, what's the difference between a protocol and then a cryptocurrency that, that's not associated with the protocol. So um, get another call here on my phone. I'm just going to end this right now here. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so just, you know, I think it's you're safer if you're, if you're looking into these platforms and protocols. Um, and also got to look at the use cases of the coin. You know, what problem sure. is this token solving? And yep. is it going to be a large, you know, problem that it's solving or a use case that can be applied here? So what did what did you see back then that, you know, other sort of respected people from with finance backgrounds like, say, Buffett and Dynan, to name two, don't see? Are they just um, too entrenched in their old school bullshit to be able to see the forest for the trees? I think so. You know, I really do. I think that you obviously have your older generation and there's obviously a lot of people that are very open-minded and, and seeking out new technologies. I think you really want to, you really have to seek out new technologies and be willing to try and use and adapt to those technologies. Um, I think, you know, if you would ask Warren Buffett, maybe back in the day, and I don't know if this is true, but if you would have asked him, Hey, what do you think about text messaging on a mobile phone? Yeah. You know, what would he be said about that? Um, and I, I kind of think this is this movement is very similar in a way to the text messaging movement um, and the mobile phone movement where you can just easily send a message instantaneous to a friend and soon sending a cryptocurrency. It already is, in my opinion, very similar to that um, if you want, but it'll become even easier as we make uh, and develop more applications to make that very easy and simple. Um, so I think, sorry. Yeah, that's gone. I was just going to say, I think that's kind of what. Um, I saw maybe that's something other people didn't is I've, I've always wanted to um, seek out new technologies because I did kind of I don't want to say miss the boat on some of the, you know, Internet, early Internet stuff. I was very young at the time. I was only 15 or so. So I was following stocks like Apple and things like that. And I really sure. wanted to stay up on the cutting edge technology. Is the big um, the big restriction at the moment simply speed of transactions? For example, in the case of Bitcoin, I mean, I look at Bitcoin and the transaction speeds that they can do, and I sit there and say, "How can this possibly ever work?" At, with because you know, at the moment there's what 12 million people or something that have got into cryptocurrency, but there's eight billion that aren't, and as soon as those eight billion start to get on. You know, you'll go crazy trading something like Bitcoin. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, it depends too on ultimately what the, the use case is of Bitcoin. You know, I, that's why I think the shift of more of a store of value, I mean, you hear about the, the hold, hold on for dear life and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that, I think that Bitcoin, yeah, there's some inherent uh, issues with the transaction speed and then the incentivization structure and things like that. And some of that may change going forward. But uh, I think we'll adapt, you know, other cryptocurrencies or and they're coming out with um, different coins that are more stable. You know, I know they have Tether, but there's a lot of different. Tether, um, yeah. Well, I'd, yeah, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I don't either. But I think there's some good things coming out with like MakerCoin and Get ba uh, Basecoin. Get Basecoin. Um, I think if they can do some of the things that they want to do with decentralized stable coins, that's going to make the cryptocurrency really just explode that much more. Because now, yeah, Bitcoin will be used more as a store of value, but some coins that are more decentralized and stable, um, you know, that that will stay at a dollar for example, but are decentralized and not backed by a dollar, so to speak, but run in a little bit different way, like an algorithmic central bank. Um, so once they come out with some of this stuff, I think that that's going to really help uh, open up the doors to a lot of people because right now there's just so much volatility. And I think those types of things will help smooth out that volatility as well as more efficient markets um, and, and more efficient pricing um, as more people enter the space. Yeah. So with CoinLion, um what were the biggest challenges that you and your team faced? Was it funding? That seems to be the major problem most people have. Yeah, um, I think we, we, you know, we did we completed a token sale, um, right. you know, that similar to an ICO, but it's right. like Ethereum-based token has a, a use case within our platform. And um, one of the reasons we chose to go that route is because we wanted to have users come to our platform and use the coin for the use cases that it was intended for. Right. Um, so if you, the great thing about going the token sale route, if you are building a platform like some similar to CoinLine or something else that requires users, um, you're able to go and get those users kind of in the same shot as you get the funds, you know? Right. Um, so for example, VC, if we were, if we would have taken on just say one VC or two VCs, well then we might have two users on our platform, um, wanting to use our coin, you know, so to speak. So we really wanted to create a model that encourages people to come use the coin to help share and create this community within the platform. Sure. Um, I think that's one of the main reasons we chose to go that route with the token sale. Um, the challenge really was just doing the token sale. Um, it's not something that, you know, you have experience in typically when you get into this um, until you get a, maybe if you do a few token sales and you're, and you're working on different projects, but most people don't do that. Um, so just understanding how to run a token sale, um, setting up, you know, all the wallets and the smart contracts, building those, um, writing the entire white paper and building the website. It's inc I mean, to do it properly, I know there's talk of how simple it can be and, and people do do well, but like for, for us, if you do it right and you want to have the right board members and the right team and you need to have, you need to have preliminary funding, but then you need to put in, I mean, we I put in hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of work. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the challenge, just doing that. Um, and getting that all organized and then doing it efficiently with no errors, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. So that's good advice to the people that are looking to start a, a, their own coin. Um, so what advice would you give to the people that are sitting out there listening saying, geez, you know, I've always bought traditional stocks and I don't know about this cryptocurrency thing. It's pretty volatile and I, maybe the whole thing's just a fake and it'll fall over. What do you say to those people to encourage them to invest? 
in crypto? Um, yeah, so I'm no longer a financial advisor, and I'm not your financial <laughs> advisor. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so we won't save you the job. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't give advice really to invest in it. But I first would say that the starting point would be to educate yourself a little bit, yeah. um, and and find some good resources and understand a little bit how the technology works. You don't have to understand all the code and all the cryptography behind it, but to understand why it works and how it works, there's some really good books out there. I would say to read one of them being like the the um, digital age of the new economic order and the new right. revolution kind of title. I, I think yeah. that's a very popular one. Starts off lays some good groundwork and goes through the history of money and that sort of thing. And once you have an understanding, I think of um, how money functions and that sort of thing, you kind of understand how uh, powerful this stuff is. So I think education is key. Um, and then obviously don't put in anything more than you really can afford to lose. Um, and that's, uh, that's another thing. And that's then always I would great say, advice in any sort of investing. Yeah. yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and uh, then I would say, um, you know, maybe start to do a few transactions using cryptocurrency. Um, obviously, a lot of people know the, the Coinbase application. It's a very simple way, I think, to get started. And I always tell people, hey, just send a little cryptocurrency to a friend um, using that application and get the feel for how it works. And then maybe move on from there. Once you understand how it works and you're comfortable with using it, then I think you have a little bit more of an eye-opening experience. And you're saying, oh, well, this really does work. It is working. That was slick. You know, it only took a few minutes. And uh, they, they received their funds or I received my funds. And then you get the hang of it. And then that, then you can really feel a lot more comfortable um, getting more involved. So if, if uh, somebody was going to get into cryptocurrency, you're advising them. Would you advise them to um, – oh, okay – Forget forget the word advice. Um, would, <laughs> would they be better off just buying and sitting, or are they better off trading? Oh, I definitely think buying and sitting right now, especially for the um, uh, oh, the newcomer is, to the space. Yeah. Um, I think, and I would say, you know, maybe try to build a little bit of a portfolio in a sense where you would maybe have you know the top five or six largest currencies in your holdings. And then maybe allocate a smaller percentage of that portfolio to maybe try to achieve uh, or outperform the market, if you will, so to speak, um, and achieve some greater returns. That would be one way that I would approach it, I think. Um, and that's something that CoinLine is really working to help with is the newcomers coming to the space. They don't have really any idea um, what to do. And so we have kind of uh, allowed people to create portfolios or will allow people to create portfolios of currencies on CoinLine. And then newcomers can come and kind of piggyback off that and get those portfolios and follow and track um, those portfolios in their own portfolio. So right. it's a good way for newcomers to come and do that sort of thing. So that's kind of where... I would say to be, um, you know, I just don't think that going off and picking some coin just because it's a low price and putting all your money in it and think it's going to, you know, just because it's less than a penny or whatever, it doesn't mean it's going to go up. So. Yeah, sure. I agree. Now, you, you look at the um, traditional banking system, I guess, um, represented by banks, um, and then that's on one hand, and then you've got cryptocurrency on the other hand. Do you, is the, is the future for the two of them to somehow work together or do, is the cryptocurrency, you know, so much better a system that the um, dinosaur banks will, I think, I think banks will go out of business anyway, simply because people are not, <laughs> people are not going to put money in and at two, at 
two percent or one percent and sure. borrow it back out at eight or ten and then wait for yeah. a week for a check to clear and all that. So they're fucked. They're gone. Yeah. So, but is yeah. there any of that traditional um, financial world that melds nicely in with crypto, or are they just too divergently oh. different to work together? You know, I think there's fundamental issues in both right now. Um, but I do believe, and then one of, one of them being like in crypto recourse, you know, recourse is pretty hard to yep. uh, have. You know, if you lose your coins, it's tough to get them back. Bank has some of that. Um, millennials are more comfortable. You know, I think the younger generation is more comfortable using technology. But I think, like I said, as applications get better um, and we develop better cryptos or better applications that utilize crypto that allow for recourse. And so maybe that's, you know, sort of a PayPal type of uh, structure where you can file a complaint. Funds are held in escrow, you know, those sort of things. Um, if that's happening within crypto, then, yeah, I think that there is opportunity where the banks could suffer. Um but I think banks will try to adapt and change and use those technologies. They may be a little slow moving. There's always going to be a, a group of an older generation that's going to feel very comfortable with the bank and they're going to need that. Um, but in, so that maybe that's 30, 40 years down the road. But I do see that happening though. Eventually just, you know, Uber kind of Uber, Uberization of banks, I guess, yes. you know, Uber wiped all the taxis and this could happen. I mean, it, it's almost inevitable, but it, it might take longer than we think. Do you think I, – I was speaking to my bank manager for a show I was doing and I said um, – and it's a big bank. It's um, a big chase branch, you know, where they used to have 20 tellers or something. And I said, how many, yeah. how many people actually come into the bank that are under, say, 35? And he said, yeah. none. We don't see any. So I said, well, what about under 45? And he said, no, very few. Most of them, um, most people bank by photographing the check or whatever they do. The, yep. Most of the transactions are wires. So, um, you know, we just don't see them. So it's got to be it's got to be really hurting them. And uh, with a bit of luck, they'll be gone in 10 years. I hate banks. Never like banks. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, other one other problem that you hear all the time with crypto is it's okay, I, I buy it, I make a profit, but how the hell do you get your bloody money out? You know, and I, <laughs> and I know some guys that are big on crypto and there's a Ferrari dealer down in um, Southern California where you go in and you plonk down 250000 in Bitcoin and you drive out your Ferrari and then you go and sell it to somebody. Um, but <laughs> it's true. That's true. It's a true yeah. story. So oh, I hear you. How the hell do you get your money out once you're in there? Um, well, I mean, you can use the standard applications if you want. Coinbase over time, which I'm just, I don't, you know, I don't like Coinbase really because of the fees and all that. But they do yeah. make it simple to get, you know, funds out. And they increase your limit up over time. I think, you know, you can do up to, I don't know what the max is, but 25000 a week or something. So I know if you do have you know, millions in there. Yeah, it can be a challenge. Um, setting up a corporate account with a company like Gemini or a company like Uphold um, or um, even like a Kraken lets you wire transfer money out. So, I mean, it can be done. You just have to take the time to get a little bit more verified. Um, Gemini, I don't believe ha they don't have any wire transfer out limits on Gemini. Yeah. Um, those, that 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 place that uh, firm is set up by the Winklevoss twins, uh, yeah, sure. large Bitcoin holders and, yep. and Facebook uh, opponents. Uh, They've really, done well, you know, haven't they? 
Yeah, they, they sure have. And I, I, I just think that they're, they're right on. You know, they obviously got Facebook right. Now they're getting this right. So they know something. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's another place to do it. Um, so there's different ways to do it. Otherwise, or you can find a peer to peer transaction and coin line will be a place uh, to do that in the future as well. So I think the applications are getting better. Um, there's some banks that are friendly and obviously you hear, hear the stories of all the banks that are very unfriendly. So yeah, you just gotta sure. find the right Avenue. So are people, um, leaving the traditional finance companies and banks in droves to, to trade cryptocurrency or go into the cryptocurrency area full time. Is that, is it only the younger generation or is there a sort of mass exodus or is there no exodus? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say droves just yet. I think that there was, I, you heard about it more, maybe even a few months ago around December when the prices were very high. And then also a lot of people were, it was all over the media and things. It seems like it, the, you know, some of this type has maybe died down a little bit here, but um, you know, I, I think that the reason traders like it and they will continue to flock to it as far as traders go is because, you know, it, it never stops trading. So that's one advantage. Our traders love volatility. That's really where they Absolutely. make a lot of their money. Particularly so extreme volatility. Yes. And so that's why they like cryptocurrency right now, you know, volatility. And then also that you have the instant settlement, you know, instant settlement uh, using the blockchain. So I think they like that too. So I think there's a number of, uh, you know, uh, advantages or uh, attractiveness to the crypto markets that traders want. So I think there are, I'm sure almost every trader or a lot of traders at this point are doing both. And, um, you know, maybe waiting to make that jump until they can, can feel comfortable or find, the, you know, more firms too. Uh, I'm reading about now are, are setting up like trading desks for the traders to trade crypto. Sure. And so I think as that happens, you're going to see more traders doing that. And just, it affects more and more, as it affects more and more industries, there'll be people switching across. A, a good friend of mine has um, created a blockchain for musicians and artists and uh yeah. immediately they sell an album or get a download or whatever happens the everybody that should get a royalty is instantly paid a royalty now, instead of going through the traditional apras and all those people where you can wait six nine twelve months to get your royalty using blockchain yeah. you get your royalty right now and um you know, most entertainers are starving and they live on <laughs> the odd few royalties they get. And uh, people, yeah. are, people are flocking to that because it's just changed the way that they get paid and the way they live. So the more, yeah, that, happens, the more that happens, the, the faster this growth is going to become. Yeah, and I think just in our day and age today, people are looking for more ways to be, you know, be free um, and free from whether that's free from the banks or just free from working the traditional nine to five type of career. And the, the blockchain being kind of the middleman to end all middlemen, I guess, if you want to call it that, can allow that. And the Internet has done that in a sense, too. You know, you have all these entrepreneurs that are around and, and providing you know value through the Internet. But as blockchain makes it easier to get paid and, tr and track all that, I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, type of freedom lifestyle kind of come out and, and blockchain helping to, to create that. So talk to me about um, CoinLion. What, what do you offer? Why should, who should use you? And um, why should I use you? Yeah, definitely. CoinLion is really working to build a cryptocurrency trading platform. 
right. um, one that is both simple and powerful and, and also appeals to both the advanced trader and the newcomers. So this first kind of, um, you know, as we raise our funds and, and it, it, it's catered to more the, toward more of the individual who's been involved in cryptocurrency, understands, you know, what they're getting into and, and participated in token sales, et cetera. Yeah. Um, they're going to come to the platform and help create uh, content as well as portfolios that can trade right on the platform. It is an exchange um, and use our portfolio management tools to create portfolios. Yeah. And then now, as there's more entrance, uh, more entrance entering the space here over 2018, 2019, and so on, they're going to come to the platform to kind of maybe piggyback off some of those ideas and say, okay, well, look at Bob Pritchard has been running a portfolio on Coinline for the last, you know, two years, and it's had a return of this and an average monthly return of this, and now I, I want to reward, I want to pay Bob to kind of get all of his picks. I can do that, and that would be you would reward you, Bob, in in the Lion Coin. Um, you know, for, for following that portfolio. So it's kind of creates that incentivization structure, that token economics, uh, if you will, that I think is going to really change a lot of things. That but sounds that's like a great idea. Yeah. There's, and there's so many other advantages too for the, like the lion token within the platform. It lets users have discounts on trades and free trades in the, in the certain trading pairs, as well as access to research. There's also a social component built into CoinLine where it allows you to share content. So you could post your podcast there within CoinLine and be rewarded for doing that. Um, just a lot of really cool things that I think we're doing that, that haven't even been done before. Okay. Um, how do you think that um, banks and major financial institutions are going to react as cryptocurrency becomes stronger and stronger? What can they, you know, you've got a background in, in their industry. What can they do? Is Do they have anywhere to go or are they just totally being painted into a corner and they're screwed? Um, I think long term they may be. Um, they, they could be painted into a corner just because, if you and I can transact without them, why would we use them? Absolutely. Um, but I, like I said, yeah, and I think there's still um, inherent flaws really in both systems. And as we develop these applications, for example, like CoinLion um, or other applications, other types of wallets, and just that are very similar to the banking applications that you're used to, um, then I think that that we won't have to use the banks anymore. We'll just do it on our phones, and, and you don't you won't need any more checks. You know, why, why would you need a check? Um, What's a check? That, uh, yeah, exactly. I know I haven't used a check in so long, but I mean, it's just it's amazing what what I think cryptocurrency can do and will do. It's it's we haven't even discovered really any of the some of the use cases. You know, we've discovered a lot, but I think as we build out build out all these applications and keep growing and expanding, it's just going to be phenomenal. You know, I'm just thinking of like payroll and all that sort of thing to make sure. it just very uh, simple, easy, quick, cheap. Um, it's going to do a lot of that, and, and it's going to take away a lot of those services that banks are used to providing right now. Um, and, and banks do provide security as well, and, and cryptocurrency is very secure, but we still need to develop some applications to make it easier and more secure. Um, in my, you know, you're, Bob, you've probably used, you know, like a hardware wallet or like just sure. an Ethereum wallet. Um, without with your private key versus using something like Coinbase where you have kind of your name attached to it. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I'm used to using just regular blockchain wallets, you know, whether that be through a MetaMask or through my Ether wallet or whatever. Um, that to me is very simple and easy and, and as easy as sending a text message and easier than setting up an account, uh, say with a Wells Fargo or something like that. But <laughs> there's still people that 
aren't ready to make that kind of jump, you know, so they need to be handheld through this. And they're doing that through like a Coinbase, you know, something like that, where it's just, you got, it looks just like your banking application. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, the blockchain's got so many more applications in, in finance with, say, funding, people buying property. Or I know Jay Samet, who's a friend of mine, um, is working on a real estate um crypto that um, will make it easier for people to get loans, easier for them to um, and and generate income as they go so that the um, the payments will be less and they can actually end up ahead. So there's yeah. all of those things that are really going to screw traditional institutions. Um, yeah, and then the, the lending, I'm thinking, you know, uh, pooled lending, and they're already doing that out there with cryptocurrency, but yeah. I mean, giant lending pools where I can stake money and stake my crypto into that fund, and then I get paid, and other people can borrow from it, you know, um, so it takes out the middleman there too. Okay, so what, what challenges does um, Coin Lion face? What are, what are the things that you see? The, the speed bumps that you see ahead of you? Um, I, I, the big one on the horizon now has been the regulation. Um, just We have a kind of a full-time in-house attorney, and then we have another attorney, another firm that we work with, another firm. So um, really just to stay up on top of all that and make sure that we're doing everything right and by the book. Um, and that's one of our big challenges. And we want to, you know, there hasn't been much regulation in the past um, or talk of it. You know, now they're coming out with more and more. You see it in the news every day. Sure. And so to stay in front of, uh, to stay in front of that um, and, and comply with that, um, is what we're working on basically all the time. So I think that's one of the things, you know, pending any, and I, and I don't think we'll see any debilitating, you know, regulation, but that would be the big challenge. Um, and, and we'll adapt and change as needed to overcome that. But uh, that's one thing. I think that a lot of cryptocurrencies have that on their mind. Um, the other thing is security. Um, you know, just making sure that everything is secure. And we have a very comprehensive security protocol um, following some of the best practices in the industry. So I feel very good about that. But, you know, you never, there's always, um, you know, you just got to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to protect everyone. So that's the other, the other aspect of it. Yeah. For every, um, for every smart, good guy, there seems to be a really smart, bad guy. Yep. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm, that's very true. If they can find any sort of exploitation, they will. So we try to t- attack that on some different fronts, you know, starting with the people that we hired, then down to the hardware that we use and so on. So, um, you know, just doing everything we can there. Well, Joshua, thanks very, very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really appreciate it. It's a, it's a fascinating subject, and um, every week uh, I urge people to get into cryptocurrency, do their homework, get in, because I really do think that it's uh, – I, I got into crypto because uh, I sold a property. I went down to Chase Bank, and I said, if I give you X amount of dollars and a, you know quite a large chunk – what, what mm-hmm. can you do for me? And they came back and said, oh, we could probably get you 5 or 6%. And I said, yeah, I can do better than that standing on the corner with a hat. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, yeah they, they don't offer much. And I think, honestly, nowadays, when I was at Wells, I don't know where interest rates are, but they were literally 0.1% for your savings account. So yeah, that's 0.1. about what they are now. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Now, if you'd like to know more about Joshua and CoinLion, Go to CoinLion, exactly as it sounds, C-O-I-N-L-I-O-N.com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Network after this short break. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Network. And we're broadcasting today from the fabulous Crypto Invest Summit. And we're at the Los Angeles Convention Center where it has been one hell of a day. There are four and a half thousand crypto and ICI and ICO investors and enthusiasts. There's 164 speakers who represent the top crypto practitioners in the world. Today, this is really the place to be. And uh, as you know, for the past five years, I've been enthusiastically promoting blockchain and cryptocurrencies and more recently ICOs. And in the past 12 months, we've witnessed the rapid implementation of the blockchain in some of the world's most successful companies and institutions. Um, I've made a lot of contacts in the last at last night's party and today's um, day of events and presentations. And so for the next three or four weeks, we will be bringing you interviews with some of the top people in the world in crypto and ICOs. ICOs are really interesting. It's become the way to raise funds. Um, I think I've mentioned before I'm involved in a couple, but it's definitely um, the way to raise money these days rather than IPOs or even going out knocking on the doors of VCs. So we will bring you interviews on how to do all that from the absolute best people in the business. Uh, And I want to reassure you that Crypto, if you're nervous about crypto, crypto's only just beginning. We're maybe 1% into its development. You know, 12 months ago, there were about 5 million people invested in cryptocurrency. Now there's about 50 million, and it's increasing at the rate of about 100 and something thousand people a day that are investing in crypto. But it still means that there's 7.5 billion people not yet invested in crypto. And uh, you can imagine the pressure on the prices when they come in. In addition, many of the big banks and the funds are getting into crypto. And when they do, prices have to rise very substantially. So I'm not saying you should stick all your money in crypto, but we keep hearing about all these um, cryptocurrency millionaires. And I personally know about 50 of them. And, uh, you know, it's it certainly beats the hell out of working for a living. But if you, if you haven't invested in crypto, I suggest that you go away and do your homework you know, the people who became crypto millionaires in a real short period of time are people who took the time to learn about crypto. So if you're going to invest in it, and I urge you to, you should learn about it too. This is your chance to change your life. But also, you know, we also know it's very volatile. Um, you know, you can lose a lot of money in a couple of days and then get it back again a bit later and then you lose a heap more Again, so it's very volatile. There's been big swings in value. And since January, the cryptocurrency market's fallen around 66%. But then it's recovered somewhat, but it's still just hanging in. And naturally, new investors in this space are pretty nervous. But don't fret. 
volatility and the cryptocurrency market go hand in hand. A lot of people today drew the um, comparison between the start of the dot-com era and the companies that came through that early dot-com days have done really well um, over the 20, 25 years, whatever it is, 20 years. And the same thing's going to happen with cryptocurrency. Those that come out of the end of this um, period will do extremely well. Now, uh, Tim Draper, who's done very well with his investments in Skype and uh, Tesla and a whole bunch of others, said today that um, he believes that Bitcoin, which is currently about $9,000, will go to $250,000. That's a pretty big increase. But um, don't bet the farm on it, but be careful. But remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. You know, people who are cautious never get anywhere. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Who the hell wants to be ordinary? I was looking at the people today. They're all young and they're all hip and they're all cool and there's guys in bright red suits and suits covered in flowers and, you know, they're an eclectic lot. But they're living on the edge and they're making a lot of money. So I'm looking forward to another great day of soaking up fabulous information tomorrow at the Crypto Invest Summit. And I hope you can join me again next Tuesday when I'll be broadcasting from the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. I'll be catching up with some of my Australian clients before heading off to Bangkok for more meetings. And then we're going on a roadshow. So I'm looking forward to all that. In the meanwhile, continue to be successful because the alternative really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard at the Crypto Invest Summit. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.